Hello and welcome to Property Mastermind Podcast with Bob and Hillary, episode 74 this week. Talking, what do you do when you buy a dud site? What do you do when you buy a dud site? This is going to be a great episode. We're going to talk, look at the reasons why you might buy one and what you could do to uh, mitigate potential nightmare, I suppose we could go with. Bob's got some great stories and some great strategies. I'll ask him some great questions and come up with a few great things myself. Let's jump on into episode 74. Hello and welcome to episode 74, Property Mastermind Podcast with Bob and Hillary. We've got the book today, Property Millionaires Exposed. The copy of this book this week goes to Jonathan Zavilla. Had a bit of a yarn with Jonathan yesterday. And anyway, he said he's new to our podcast, just found us and couldn't believe how awesome it is. So how good's that? Always love that sort of feedback. Um, but he may have been an inspiration for future podcasts coming forward. We always get get some ideas on what people would like to know. But anyway, before we get started on um, the actual podcast, what, what do you do when you buy a lemon site? We've got to say, hey, Bob, cheers for, cheers for uh, coming to our podcast now. We've renamed it to both of our podcasts. Yeah, oh, thanks for renaming. Yeah. It's like renaming a boat or a ship or something. Is, is it good luck? Well, I don't know. I, I just saw an email. So when Georgia must have asked if you, how you rename it because we, we've decided to call it from with Bob and Hillary now. Oh, thanks. I remember, I remember episode one went out and it must have been somebody who, no, they said, and it was said, probably must have been uh-huh. with Hillary and some guy commented, who do you think you are or something? Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't last long. He deleted his own comment. I think he sort of pulled his head and he must have got a bit embarrassed. He thought someone had sort of scammed our, our name and, and yeah. I've had that happen. Yeah. Pretending to property mastermind someone you don't know, but yeah, I may have thought you were that. Maybe. That scammer. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing, we need to talk about how good our workshop was oh. because we know that most of the, most of our people listen to this. And so thank you so much for making it a, a fabulous workshop. Yep. It's number 78, I think, as far as I can work out, 78 three-day workshop I've done. Wow. And right up there. Uh, with with one of the best ever, I'd say. Yeah, just great people. And, yeah. um, obviously, That's what made it, though. Yeah. Oh, uh, you, Bob, you're pretty amazing. Talk yourself down. Well, it's the same old Bob with every workshop, but, yeah, you know, such a great crowd as well. Mm. You know? Lovely. I think the way you teach as well, it's you're such a great teacher. So we've got that on one side of it. Our community is amazing. We yep. have just feedback. If you look at even social media, people saying oh, on all sorts of platforms, yeah the best workshop you could do, the best education you could do. And it really is. You're pretty amazing. The best educators. The best educators. Yeah, the, you know, what a team we are. Such a good team. It was really fabulous. But we also had another lady there who is, she said she's done everyone else's, which most people have before they come to us because, I don't know, they don't find us first. We don't market well enough. I think we've got to work on that. But anyway, um, she said, we don't have, our community is full of great people. And she used the word, it starts with A and ends in holes. She said, <laughs> we don't have those people in our community. We have no. just really cool yeah, people. Yeah, we, we do attract a Just a nice, genuine people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. So if you want to come along next year, um, well, just even if you want to get started in property development, flick me an email or you're welcome to have a chat with me about what we have that could suit you. We've got a few options. Yeah. So that's something you might want to um, look into. Because, yeah, yeah, and that way you won't go out there and buy a lemon site. Not just, yeah, or do other courses and then go, wish I did this, which everyone says. So, yeah, yeah do it. 
um, yes, and then, yeah, you're right. Mm, mm. Makes you wonder how it happens. <laughs> how, well, how could somebody end up buying, well, we've called it a dud site, but we're going to refer to it as a lemon. And remember, we refer to, refer to people who buy dud sites or lemon sites as wood ducks. Mm. So, so how does a wood duck Property up, terminology. Property terminology. How do they end up buying a, a lemon mm. site, Bob? What's gone wrong for them? Oh. And what do people, this is sort of covering what to look out for. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it could be boiled down to the old, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. So they've never educated themselves on how to do all the sort of due diligence and feasibilities around it, picking a good site. So, they've, you know, they've gone out there. I don't know whether they think you can learn it on the internet or whatever, but, you know, they've just uh, just done it all wrong. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to say another word that we've got to stop saying, to be fair. But <laughs> to be fair, Bob, people genuinely want to will help you. So you might ask somebody, but you don't know their level of no. knowledge. Just because somebody's done something, and we say it all the time, done it once or twice in a market that's really good or mm. – you don't really know somebody's experience. And so they might be well-intentionally, you know, is it, how do I say yeah, that? It's still, it's still back to that. Yeah. I mean, you might be, say, building a three-storey townhouse and, and some friend of yours has just finished a low-set villa mm. and you say, oh, look, what's, what's the bill cost? And they say, oh, it's how much a square metre? It's a huge difference between the square metre rate on a single-level villa and a three-level townhouse. Mm. And so if you adopted that low figure, it would make your feasibility look a lot better than it is. And so, you know, you could adopt that figure in, think it's great, go and buy it, and then find out, oh, my God, there's like $500 a square metre difference. Oh, and that might make a difference, hey? That'll hurt the back pocket at the end. Yeah, so just nobody meant to be. No. It wasn't dishonest. It wasn't, it was a bit silly, I guess, but like that's, it can happen that simply, just getting advice off the ill-informed. Yeah. Well, well intentioned. Well intentioned, ill informed. Yeah, there you go. There you go. He wants to be well, one of them. <laughs> and another thing is just the bad due diligence. If you don't yeah. do your due diligence, and that's a form of bad due diligence. Mm. Yeah, well, but, I mean, but, not knowing how to do it properly could be could be part of it. Mm. Rushing in, thinking now oh, she'll be right, mate. Because you know there are deal killers out there, what I mean by a deal killer, we were, that's another uh, slang, I guess, but a deal killer is something that could go wrong with the site that kills the deal, I guess. You know, it could be a sewer that runs across across the site. Yeah. And look, often that's not a big deal because a lot of councils will let you build over a sewer. You have to get a permit. There's a bit more cost in the construction side of it, but it's doable. But then some councils won't. And you could think you're buying a four-pack site and end up with a two-pack site because oh, of a that sewer. That's a back pocket of Yeah, that is. Oh, well, you won't get off the ground. You know. No. Uh, or trees, you know. Uh, in my 40 years as, as a developer, you know, 40 years ago, nobody really cared, really cared about trees. Now a lot of councils really do, and that's a good thing. But a tree could be a deal killer. It might be a tree, you know, in the middle of the lot that, you can't cut down, you can't trim, you can't touch, and all of a sudden, you know, you've gone from four townhouses to three or two. And another one is neighbours' trees. People aren't yeah. aware of neighbours' trees. If they're on a boundary, they can actually impact what you do, mm. and that's something that not everybody is aware of. No, no, I've had that happen. Well, even I though- remember we were looking at that site, the one on the hill, I'll go back a couple of years, we were looking at that one, Yeah, yeah. you and I, yeah. and there was a big tree on the side there. Yeah, I remember that one. And we, we were like, well... After a bit more mm. 
due diligence. It meant that was a no-go. And it was just a quick splitter. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, I mean, it depends on the size of the tree, the species of tree, the position of the tree, all those things. But mm. they're just examples of mistakes people could make on the due diligence front that, that affects them mm. or affects their project, the viability of the whole thing. And they don't even know. Mm. And a lot of that comes down to maybe impatience. We don't spend oh, that thing. time doing the due diligence. And which comes down to you personally, if you are an impatient person, like hands up, maybe I am, maybe I'm a wee bit impatient, but or I'm more likely to jump in, I suppose. Mm. And I know a few other people in our community who are listening to this, yeah. to who shall remain nameless. Well, I mean, impatience can sometimes get you somewhere quicker and faster than, than another method. Uh, but it doesn't always if work. It, if it works out. Yeah. And but, you can wing it. We can call that winging it. Really, yeah, can't yeah. You? And that's that's based on a percentage of good luck. You don't want to yep. base everything on good luck. But, no. but then sometimes the impatience doesn't go the way you want it. But it but it's not like a really important thing, you know. Mm. Your impatience to do something might might just create a bit of an issue. But impatience in a property development. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Impatience in property development. Your, your guy, your guy that came oh, to you. Oh, yeah. Well, let's call him Jack. Is that his real name? Okay, let's call him Jack then. Well, it's, it's funny because when you say that, oh, I'm going to tell you a story. Look, let, let's just call him Jack. And most people think, well, okay, it's definitely not Jack. could be anything else. It won't be Jack. But that was that was my little trick. Oh, I can't caught you out on your trick. Anyway, there's a lot of Jacks in Australia, so uh, we'll let that one go. It's a very popular name these days. So. Mm, yeah, well, this wasn't a new Jack. This wasn't a young Jack. This was an old Jack. And uh, what he did, impatience, right? So he wanted to to do a development, but in another city from the one he lived in because yep. things are moving pretty well in another city. And, look, nothing wrong with that. You're doing it. You're developing in different states. You're doing it. I'm doing it. Uh, We've got students doing it. Yeah, you can do it for sure. But, anyway, that, that's okay by itself. That That's not a problem. But, look, he looked at a few sites and uh, took a bit of advice on them. They didn't stack up. And after about three or four no-goes, the impatience overtook him. Ooh. And so – Wait for this. He found a Drum site. <laughs> he found a site on a Monday morning. It was up for auction on the Monday evening okay. in another city, in another state, through an agent that he didn't know. But mm. anyway, he made a few quick inquiries. I don't know the level of due diligence he did. I'd say very close to zero. And but he was determined. I'm going to buy this. He knew that he knew the zoning was okay for townhouses. Probably all he knew. And uh, sure enough, he. Bitted away there on the Monday night. And look, who's to say the agent wasn't just, uh, you know, pumping him up? Mm. Who's to say there wasn't, you know, bids? The agent could have been just, you know, pulling him off dummy bids. You wouldn't know. You're not there. And uh, Because did he have a long relationship with that agent, Bob? Was that all new as well? Oh, probably about eight hours, nine hours maybe. That's not a long relationship. No, he only found the deal that some morning. people it is, but <laughs> yeah, but not really. No, no, no. I mean, I would have killed that deal in probably the first couple of minutes once I started my due diligence, mm. but I, I don't think he did it. Anyway, I'll keep this short. He bought the property, mm. sight unseen, at an auction in another city through an agent he didn't know. He knew me, so he phoned me, and he said, oh, I've just bought a site. And I said, oh, yeah, okay, good on you, because I knew he'd looked at a few that, that were duds. And I, I said, uh, I hope you've done the right due diligence. And he said, well, I, I admit I rushed into it a bit. He said, but um, you think? could you have a bit of a look at it for me? And I thought, oh, geez, here we go. Okay, I'll have a look at it for him. So I jumped onto Google Earth. First thing I saw, four-lane road out the front. Okay, well, it's a bit noisy. I, 
I saw the shape of the lot, which was a triangle. And thought, oh, wrong shape. A bit yeah. noisy, wrong shape. What else wrong we shape. Got? Makes it hard to design efficiently yeah. when you've got, you know, a pointed triangle. Then I saw the back over the back boundary, railway station. Oh. Railway three. line. It's three crosses. Yeah. And then I followed the railway line around and right at the point of his lot, at the point of the triangular lot, was a set of boom gates. Boom. Boom, all right. It's a ding, ding, plus. ding, ding, boom. Yeah. Oh. Every 30 minutes, the ding, ding, boom, boom went off. And, uh, oh, then I jumped on dial before you dig and found a sewer across the lot. Doable, just complicates things a little bit. And uh, anyway, in due course, I, I said, mate, you need a good lawyer, first of all, to see if you can get out of this contract. Mm. I, I, gave him t- I gave him a really good lawyer just in case there was a bit of a backdoor somehow in the contract he could pull himself out of, but he couldn't. And further investigation found that council also wanted to take nine metre strip off the front of his lot oh. to one day build up a, a flight, you know, a flight pain. over. Feeling his pain. It, it nearly cost him his marriage. Oh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, long story, save it for another day. Managed to dig him out to a point where he could break even after a year and, and quite a lot of expense, including mm. lots of legal fees and different things. So, so Bob, you did yeah. that for him. How does the average Joe blogs or Joanna blogs. Oh, would have bled to death. And about how do they, when do they find out after they've purchased them? When is the average wood duck, yeah. uh, unspecied male or female, find out that they've mm. actually purchased a wood duck, uh, a, a lemon, <laughs> sorry. When does the wood average duck. wood duck realise they've bought a lemon <laughs> yeah. or a dud? Yeah, yeah. Lots of slang in there. Yes. Hey, um, well, look, not always immediately. Like no. if you think of what what do we typically buy? We're buying in, you know, a site in an infill area, you know, a built-up area, and we're increasing the density. So typically what we do, we buy a house on land that's zoned for development, and it might be that we're going to keep the house, uh, go down beside the house, build in the backyard, could be a second house, could be a couple of townhouses, whatever it is in the backyard, or we're going to demolish it and we're going to build some new townhouses or whatever it happens to be. Now, when we do that, what we're really doing, as far as the finance is concerned, we're just buying an investment property. Okay, it's just a house on a piece of land that doesn't have an approval, and, and that's what we're doing. And so we buy that, and we proceed, and we get our development permits. And around that time, we need to think, well, look, you know, we're going to need some more money to build this shortly. I better start talking to the financier as, as we're getting our approvals. And the financier says, yeah, look, uh, could be interested. Uh, I can see it's going through council, or you've already got a development permit. But one of the things they do now is they wheel out a value. They said, look, you know, obviously one of the hurdles you're going to have to jump, they call it conditions precedent, if you want a real term, uh, I've got to get a valuation. And it's at that point of valuation that mm. it can all come undone. Mm. Well, too far down the track, they bought the site, they've settled, they've spent all the money on approvals, and mm. now they find out it doesn't stack up. And that's because their fees are wrong. A lot of the time. Mm. Uh, if they've got a development permit, they would have solved the issues of the site, e.g., yes. If there was a tree problem, that would have mm. been solved early. And it may well have been solved after they bought it. So if there was an issue with, uh, you know, not being able to build over a sewer or a tree you can't cut down or, or these sorts of things, that would have come out in the preliminary work on the on the, on the VR, on the DA, mm. and, and, and it could have died there. Mm. It could have died there because they can't get the DA you want. You wanted four and you can only get two. It could have happened there. But you could go right through and get a development permit and then find out your numbers are wrong. That's what happens at that point. Mm. The the valuer, being an experienced commercial valuer, understands how to do the numbers, and uh, that's where it could all come unravelled. I think it's a really point. 
I, I want to add in here because like, I realize I believe that a lot of people don't realize they think, oh, it makes a profit. We just do it anyway. Oh, but yeah. they don't realize that that valuation is going to determine whether you're going to be able to borrow money, mm. commercially, resident, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That valuation has to work. Yeah, yeah. So just because something, oh, I'll do it because I can make $50,000, that's all good if you're doing the whole deal in cash yourself yep. and you just hope you don't sneeze and lose everything. But that, the reason a lot of behind, people don't realize. And that's why I often have said that out loud. They just think, oh, we're making money. It's like, well, no one's going to loan you the money to do no, the deal no, because. No. It, there is a certain margin that you have to reach. Yeah, exactly. And and it happens all the time. We get that comment. So you might be doing, let's say you're doing a three townhouse project and the financier wants you to hit a margin of 17%. That What that means is your profit as a percentage of all your costs is 17%. That's a, that's a measure of the viability of a project. And you might uh, look at a feasibility that shows 10%, but that 10%, might still mean a $250,000 profit. And you think, woohoo, I can do this. Whoa, that's, you know, that, that, that's four or five years' wages for me. Mm. I'll, I'll just do that. I'll just, I'm happy with the 250. The problem is the financier is not happy with the with the 10% return. No. They say, no, it's too close to the line. I, I, I won't finance it. And that's where it all comes unraveled. That's mm. a you know, good point there. Mm. Um, but, you know, getting back to it, it, let's say you use the wrong construction price. And I've seen this happen. Mm. So, like that example I gave before where you got a construction price off a mate that's just built some low-set villas and you're building three-storey townhouses. So you've used a low build price. The feasibility that you did came in at 17%. And now reality bites because the valuer realises what current build prices are. They put in the proper build price, which is much higher than yours. And as a result, the margin's really low and it doesn't stack up. And then you ain't getting no money. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or or because what they'll do there, the way a valuer looks at it, They'll put in the correct bill price, and let's say it's showing 11%. They'll simply lower the value of the land down until the margin lifts up to, let's say, 17 The problem with that is most financiers would still walk away from it, mm. but it, it's just made your land probably less than what you paid for it. Mm. And so the only way you can ever make it work is to put an enormous amount of capital in to build your equity up. And, and most of the time, the financiers just walk away anyway. For many of us, we need to see that on a picture. So a lot of people are listening, saying, what do you mean by that, Bob? Yeah, yeah. Come, come to a workshop. You can't hear, we draw those pictures. So that's why you might not even find out until way down the track. That mm. could be, you know, nine months after you bought it. Yeah. And now it doesn't stack up. And those are often, that's very often what happens. It takes a lot, it does take a lot of time before people realise that they have bought a bit of a dud and they don't know. Yeah. And things, I suppose, mm. we've got enough, the, you know, even mentoring students that have purchased and then come to us to, to learn how to develop. Uh, bad move. Bad because sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, we've had a couple of those. And they, they've they just been caught with it with something that doesn't work. And Bob, they have to work out a strategy well, to work their way out one. of that. There's always an answer, even if it's sell at a loss. Yeah. And and so, I mean, that's, that's one of the things that has to happen. So let's say you bought the wrong site. Uh, you might, as I said, you might work out early in the piece that you, you made a mistake, and that could be when you're getting everything together for your development permit. You might find out early, or you might not find out till after you've got a development permit, and, and it's mm -hmm. all around the numbers, you know, mm -hmm. when you're looking for finance for construction. So it depends a bit when as well, when you find out. But, I mean, it, it comes to the crunch. What are you going to do? You could wait and just sit on it. Let's say your numbers didn't work. 
uh, your margin's too mm. low. Well, mm. what's going to make what's going to bring your margin up from a low margin to a higher one when when all your numbers are right and it's showing twelve percent? Well, the biggest thing is values go up in time. Mm. So your sale prices, your gross realization value, needs to reach a point uh, where you're making enough profit when your margin's right. But of course, there's a but there. Yeah, I'm, I'm going yeah. with a but because you've got to realize that you'd want to do property development to make money. And we're all in it for the money. We do that for whatever we want to do. We create jobs for people, that's it, but we do get to do more and more stuff, you know, ourselves. Mm. And when you sit and hold, you're tying yourself up. A lot of people yep. can't move forward unless you're in a position that you can mm. because you've got, you know, tons of money. Yeah. Otherwise, you are going to be stuck. And what there's that highest and best use of your money mm. as well, not just of the site. Are you better off holding? Yeah. Are you better off cutting your losses? To be able to move forward, yeah, and because when and that in- needs a big whiteboard and a bottle of wine, <laughs> that conversation doesn't it? it does it does really hurt? Yeah, and and even if you decide decide to sit on it and wait for values to go up to a point that it lifts your margin, don't mm. forget some costs are going up. Mm. Uh, so while you're waiting for your values to go up and up, your costs are going up a bit too. So mm. it could be it could be years, it could be five years before that thing turns into a viable deal. And what could you have done in between? Well, that's the opportunity cost as well, yeah. you know. Uh, so maybe it's a matter of biting the bullet. You could say one would duck looking for another one. Wait, wait. <laughs> that, we get those comments to online. Hope that someone's out looking for a wood duck because if there's a site for sale and they're wanting too much for it, so oh, they're looking for a wood duck. Yeah, and maybe another wood duck will bail one, you need know, to bail the earlier wood duck out. But it's like the cat in the hat. Yeah. If anyone knows that story, you know that pink ring around the bath that they just can't get rid of and it goes everywhere. So it's like a it's like a string of wood ducks ball. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> now, now, so I, I don't think you got what I meant, but no. anyway. Because <laughs> all these numbers are going through my head. Oh, it's all right. So, so rather than wait, you know, five years for yeah. everything to lift uh, and, and turn it into a viable deal, maybe it's better just biting the bullet, copying a bit of a loss, and then moving forward. Mm. In five years' time, you'd, you'd have probably been better off doing that. Yeah. Because you, then you can get back in the market. You would have lost a bit of capital doing that. And, you know, and you'll feel a bit gun shy and lose your confidence. But, that might be what you have to do. But, I mean, the other alternative is is to look at what other use it might have. So your three, four townhouse project didn't work uh, for whatever reason. You know, you had the wrong bill cost or, or whatever. Mm. But what else can you do with it? Maybe you can subdivide that lot into two. And maybe that's something you could do alternatively. Only if it made enough margin, but the margin on such a small project is lower than it would be on townhouses. The finance is prepared to take a, a lower margin on something like that. Mm. And maybe as an alternative use, that might get you out. And, and it might, even if it means tipping a bit more money in, mm. uh, you know, there might be an alternative use that could give you a little bit of a backdoor. Oh, it's really be. sitting down and defining a strategy and, it, mm. and, and not rushing into the answer. Yeah, yeah. Weighing up all the options. Yeah, well, that's right. Talking about rushing in, you know, we took. I think we talked recently about people that rushed in and demolished their house before they got a development permit. Oh, no. I was thinking that. I was thinking that about that before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't demo the house early. No, it's a, it's a rental. Yeah, that that alternative use might might get you out of a, at a you know a sticky situation, mm. not where you wanted to be. Uh, you might have to pull some extra funds in. You mightn't have it. You might have to, you know, get some invest fund. It, it's it's not a position you want to be in trying to fight your way out of it. So at the end of the day, what we're saying is you need to know what you're doing before you buy a site. So if you've mm-hmm. got one, 
it's working out how to how to work your way out of it. Get it right at the beginning. Yes, that's it. Really, like understand how to do good due diligence, understand how to do accurate feasibilities. Mm. I mean, if if you do that, you'll be okay. I mean, the market can move as well. You know, we've seen market corrections where sale prices pull back. We've seen that recently. You know, after a very long positive run, Sydney and Melbourne pull back a bit. So mm-hmm. that's going to affect, you might have just settled on a site and now you now your sale prices have pulled back a bit, so your margins shrunk. But, you know, unless you're selling today, you, you probably won't be selling for, you know, 18 or 20, 24 months. Mm. So let's just see what the market's like then. Don't panic yet. Might have gone up. Could be little stock on the market because people are pulled back on development, you know. That's okay. Things happen in the market. Things go up more often than they go down. And you know, sometimes it's just time and just writing it out. You know, maybe it means that you, you keep a couple of properties at the end uh, and, and as prices recover, you can sell them off slower. You know, there's there's always an answer, but sometimes the answer is a bit of pill. Yeah, I was just thinking it's not always the answer you want to hear. Yeah. The answer, not always the answer you want to hear. Oh, Queenslanders, it's answers. <laughs> yeah, there's no R in answer. <laughs> Kiwis or, put an R in answer. Or dance. I'm going dancing. Where's the R in dance? <laughs> oh, really? My, my mate Dan, is he Dan or is he Dan? It's Dan. Ah, well, there yeah, you go. it'll be dance for me, thanks. <laughs> There you go. But, um, yeah, not a position you want to be in. No. Having to try and extricate yourself from a lemon. And the point is and that, that might, it doesn't yeah. have to be that way. No, exactly. Instead of having to find a solution, it doesn't have to be that way. Get yourself educated and don't rush in and do the right due diligence and just do it properly. Do it properly. Do it properly. Otherwise, you like you mentioned before, you'll lose your confidence. and. Once you've lost your confidence, it's really hard to get back in. Yeah, particularly if it's your first project. You know, you might get a lemon and, you know, you lose a bit. You might get out by the skin of your teeth. But you're right, you probably won't feel like doing a second project, which is a shame because it wasn't property development's fault. No. It it was yours. And and wear it and learn from it and have another go. Mm. There's nothing worse than being held back. I remember working with somebody a while ago who'd done quite a few developments and then had two duds in a row, and he just needed me to hold his when hand you, when you to say get restarted. Duds, he, he had some builder shit, builder he, issues. Yeah, he, yeah, I don't think he lost money, but it, it took too long. And it it dragged on, and he made very little, and he worked hard to make very little, and. That can happen. I mean, and then the confidence mistakes. is lost and you don't go forward. When you start out with, with great intentions and you actually yeah. love it, if you're done right, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason it shouldn't be done right. Follow out, follow the tick lists, everybody. There's yep. flow charts and tick lists in, our, in the um, online course. Go through those. I, I had a look. I break our, our course down mm. into because we've got flow charts for each step of the way and all that sort of thing. Mm. And I, I collectively put them all together and – like there's micro steps in there, and it's a you know bigger sort of element. Two hundred thirty-five ticks to work your way through a property development. And all you got to do is just tick them off one at a time. Mm. Like even on say getting financed, there could be ten little micro steps. Mm. Uh, so there's ten. You know something else that's this many. Yeah, I mean I don't know no one else has done that. No. <laughs> there we go. Tick, 
Tick the list. Tick Which the way list. through the ticks? Follow your way through. One, one step, step at, at a time. time and don't rush through it. Yeah, don't jump in. No, it's no. Or well, laziness could just be if you're a bit haphazard, that's the mm. type of person. Can don't it. take unnecessary risks. No. I, I'm just thinking something flashed into my mind, if you don't mind, another quick story. No, cool. Love a story. I know a story of someone who was developing in, I think it was in the Hunter region. Now, as soon as people say I'm developing in the Hunter, my mind goes straight to mining subsidence. I just go straight to wine. Oh, well, you. <laughs> I'm, yeah, okay. That, that shows the difference in our thinking. You know, I think, like, oh, I like the Hunter. What could go wrong in the Hunter? Fun was that yeah, winery trip. Thinking, you oh, how good was that? Yeah, yeah. It was a good trip. Uh, so, so like, like a, a lot of developments in mining areas, you have to check out the mining subsidence because where, where you've got lots of mines under the ground, uh, it, it varies the effect at the, at the surface. So if there's lots of mines, I'll keep it simple, then potentially there could be some movement at the surface. And uh, that's what you've got to watch out. Mm. And so there's experts that, that analyse all that and you have to get a mining subsidence report in, in, a, in a lot of cases. This particular chap uh, bought a site for a five-townhouse project uh, he was moving ahead into his due diligence. Uh, sorry, past his due diligence. He knew he had to get a mining subsidence report. Mm. Uh, I know, but, but he needed the time to get it, yeah. and, and it's not something that happens in one or two days. So he had a due, due diligence clause in his contract, and it was slow coming. The report he he got a five day extension, I think, but it still hadn't come out, and the the seller wouldn't give him any more extensions to his due diligence clause. So he's in a position now where he hasn't quite gotten his mining subsidence report, he can't get any longer on his due diligence. And so he's reached a point where he has to either walk away from the deal or go unconditional. And uh, he, he, and he chose unconditional. Well, he, he contacted the engineers and they said, yeah, look, we're, we're getting pretty close to finishing. And he said, what's it looking like? And he said, no, it's looking okay. And based on that, it's looking okay, he went unconditional. Then he got his report and it wasn't okay. Mm. and basically it almost killed any development on that site. And probably another marriage. You always say, and it almost killed his marriage. Well, yeah, I'm not sure about that. But um, Was his name Jack? No. No, no, no. <laughs> no it's okay. No, that, that wasn't a Jack. Um, but uh, there's a deal killer, and, and that was, a, that was I, I, I would have walked away and been really disappointed that, one, that could have been a good site and I didn't get it, and, two, I probably spent, Three or four thousand dollars on a mining subsidence report that didn't come up, but to me that's like an insurance policy. Yeah, I mean, I never mind paying the premium on my car every year. Yeah, because if I got an accident, I'm going to be really happy. I've paid that premium and I've got insurance. That's a great point, Bob. And people don't actually transfer that thought across to something like mm. this. It's more like, oh, I've got to pay that to get another that. bill. Yeah, it's a it's an insurance policy. Yeah, and um, yeah, he punted. It's like driving an uninsured car and he had an accident, mm, yeah. uh, only probably worse. <laughs> uh, there's more dollars involved than just riding off a you know, $20,000 mm. car or whatever, but <laughs> yeah, don't, sad story. Don't do that. Well, I think uh, we've we've covered quite a bit there and hopefully it's been useful. I think the takeaway is get educated, jump on our site, propertymastermind.com.au yeah. or give me a call if you'd like some more information. Just on that, we also spoke about investments and we do offer investment opportunities to people. If you have some money you'd like to invest in a property development or receive a return on, feel free to contact me, Hillary or Admin at Property, it's not Edmund, it's Admin, A-D-M-I-N at propertymastermind.com.au and we can have a chat about what you're looking for and maybe I could have the uh, 
perfect partnership for something that you're looking for. We do that quite a bit and um, we have some great success stories and some very happy people out there. So there you go, episode 74. Looking forward to catching up with you next week for episode 75. We hope you got something useful out of this and your takeaway is whatever it is, plant it in in your brain and move forward and get into property development. We'd love your feedback on our podcast. Feel free to share as well if you think you've got friends that might like to hear it as well. Catch you next week. Bye. Bye.